0: Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. Hello, everyone. This is Don Griffith, your podcast host. Today I'm meeting with Steve Feld in the Mesa Library. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me, Don. Steve, you're a Toastmasters, is that correct? Yes, I am. Tell me about your club. What, what club do you belong to?
1: I belong to Maverick Toastmasters, and I think I've been with them for about five years or so. I, I lose track. It's been so much fun, and it's been a great experience. I think it's the right club for me and the culture and everything, so I thoroughly enjoy the club.
0: Now, how did you discover Toastmasters originally?
1: What I... I wanted to clean up my speaking abilities. So I wanted to get rid of what I called my inner demons. My inner demons were when I got in front of people, everyone kept saying I looked calm, cool, and collected, but on the inside, I was a wreck. I knew I was sweating, I thought I was shaking, I couldn't remember my lines, I couldn't function. And I said, I need to clean this up because I'm doing so many more presentations in front of groups. So I sought out Toastmasters and I actually visited eight different clubs before I settled on with Maverick. So some were the wrong time, the wrong day. Some were just not the right fit for me. And I just found Maverick was the right fit, my personality, my style, plus the support and encouragement that I was looking for, I found it there.
0: Yeah, that idea of going to several clubs is one that I recommend to anybody who's listening who's not a Toastmaster and you're thinking about it or you've heard about it from a friend or a colleague, just try some. They're not all cookie cutter, they're not all the same. And you may find one that's not comfortable or you find another one that just fits like a, an old shoe and it's perfect for you.
1: Absolutely, and I, I even say, even after you're a Toastmaster, go visit other clubs, because sure. I've learned a ton right. of new techniques, but also great meeting some great people and expanding my knowledge, so gotta expand it.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you have done that. You've visited other clubs and learned some things, met some new people. I know, I know you, and I know that you're involved with the district. Tell us what you're up to with uh, District 3 Toastmasters.
1: Yeah, I've done a few roles with the district. I've been an area director before, as well as last year I was the public relations manager, and this year I am the speakers bureau chair. So Speakers Bureau is, I think, another great extension of Toastmasters.
0: Well, we'll talk about Speakers Bureau more in depth here in a a few minutes. What I wanted to hear now is what I ask all of my guests. Tell me about your very first Toastmaster meeting. How did that go?
1: Well, I got to say, I probably had the same experience that everyone else had. I was scared to death, especially when they were doing their table topics, the impromptu part. And they said, would you like to give it a shot? I froze just like everyone else does on their first time. And I thought, what the heck, I'll give it a shot. Why not? That's what I'm here for. And I know I stumbled and fumbled and bumbled through it, but I thought, you know what? That was the first step on that journey. And then I knew it would get easier. And I, I know it does get easier. I've been it, lived it. But yeah, it is scary. But getting in that welcome environment and supportive, it kind of made it a lot easier.
0: What I just heard you say was don't give up on that first don't give meeting. Up. You may feel like you didn't do well or you didn't feel comfortable, but give it some time. Usually, just a few meetings, and you'll get used to all of the things that are going on because it is a different kind of meeting. Toastmasters have things they do in their meetings that you don't find in other kinds of organizations because we're teaching people how to be mm-hmm. leaders and communicators. And we have a program and a And a plan to do that
1: absolutely yeah first meeting is not the indicator how things go I promise you on this one (laughs) otherwise I probably would have gave up a long time ago but I knew keep doing it keep trying at it just like anything in life you just got to keep keep at it and I it does get easier
0: now you said earlier that you had tried eight different clubs Mm -hmm. what was it about Maverick that made you say okay I don't need to look for number nine
1: The first thing was they were sticking to their schedule. They had an agenda, and they handed me one. I'm thinking, well, this is something different that I did not see at a lot of all the other clubs, a few of them, not all, and I can follow it. And if I had a question, they actually had someone sitting next to me so I can ask them questions during the meeting. What does that mean? Because people are throwing acronyms out and everything else. Then that kind of helped give me that support as well. But I noticed they stuck to their schedule, but they were having fun. And to me, I like to have fun, but stick to the schedule and learn something. And that's what I was looking for, and that's what I found.
0: Yeah, my club is a 50-plus year club. It's called Voice of Many. And we have guests, and they almost always say, I'm amazed at how much you got accomplished Mm -hmm. during this hour and a half. And that's because we have an agenda, and we Mm -hmm. stick to it. We start on time, and we do our darndest to end on time. And that Mm -hmm. honors the individuals who have to go to work or go to another meeting.
1: Absolutely. I don't know how many times we've all been at meetings where they start late and end late. Well, that throws everything else off in your day or night. And I I truly appreciate that. That's part of being professional and being a good leader and being
0: organized. Right. Back to the Speakers Bureau. This year, -hmm. you are chairing the speakers bureau committee Mm -hmm. tell us about the speakers bureau what is it what are you trying to accomplish
1: yeah this year the speakers bureau we're opening it up to everyone so we're going to stay virtual so everyone in the state all arizona toastmasters are eligible and we also wanted to bring it in so it's for those people who want to go outside of toastmasters to speak so maybe they're professional speakers so they're getting paid to speak Maybe they speak at a civic organization or local community event and they want to learn those presentation skills. So what we're doing is taking like what Toastmasters teaches you and show it how you're utilizing those skills and that knowledge outside of Toastmasters as well. And then we also have a, like I call it the emerging program. So these are the people who have been in Toastmasters, but they just don't know where to start. They'd love to be able to speak at other places outside of Toastmasters but how to craft that speech because it's a little different than a Toastmasters speech how to write a bio how to write a description what's a one sheet what's a sizzle reel all these kind of things we're going to give them the skills and the knowledge to do that so now they can go outside take what they learn at Toastmasters and utilize that knowledge
0: to help them in their if they're going for a speaking career. It's great. So it's an extension of the Toastmasters idea. Mm-hmm. Toastmasters International doesn't necessarily set out to make professional speakers. That's not their role. Right. But it does give people the skills and the confidence to learn new things. And so it sounds like you're teaching our Toastmasters some new skills that they can mm-hmm. add right onto to that list of accomplishments they've had in Toastmasters.
1: Absolutely. So you're going to take all of those tricks and strategies that you've been learning at Toastmasters through your paths and the education modules. Same with leadership and the organizational skills. And it's like, okay, great. How do you use it in other areas? Why not even use it at your work? So now you can take a project over. You're not going to give a Toastmaster speech at your work, but how do you structure your speech? Well, it's the same thing you learned at Toastmasters. You just, what you say is a little different and how you say it, but also your presentation skills. It's like, okay, we now are in the virtual world. Hopefully we'll get back in the in-person. But it's like all the things you've been learning at Toastmasters, why are you not utilizing that outside and using it so you're a more powerful presenter? So it could be used at work for personal reasons. Even I know someone came in and said, Listen, I run a club, a nonprofit club, and I always have to get up in front and speak and speak to everyone. He goes, I joined Toastmasters to get rid of all you know, those little inner demons, if you will. He's cleaned that up, and he goes, but now I want to start educating them. He goes, now I need to expand my knowledge on how to do an educational presentation versus, you know, fulfilling
0: a path. And it's like, great, we can help. Sounds like you have a mix of people involved with spear. You have truly professional speakers Mm -hmm. who are also Toastmasters. You have folks who are Toastmasters and may speak outside, but not necessarily getting paid for it. Correct. And you have Toastmasters who are yearning to get to the level where they can be maybe invited to speak somewhere Mm -hmm. with or without compensation. But they they just want to bump themselves up.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. A lot of them does in that level, they just don't even know how to find these opportunities. And so we're going to show them how to find them. In fact, we actually already had five opportunities for our Speaker Bureau members to speak at an organization. So we actually, when we get those opportunities, we pass them down to the speakers bureau members so they can get that experience, exposure, start building their marketing packages Mm -hmm. outside of
0: Toastmasters. If your goal is to become a professional speaker, having a resume Mm -hmm. that says where you've spoken is, I would
1: think, very crucial. Absolutely, and that's one of the things we're also building is their marketing packages. We're showing them how to build your resume, if you will. So getting on podcasts, well, how do I get on a podcast? What am I gonna talk about? Great, we're gonna go through all that. As well as how to market yourself. So we're also doing some social media with them through the Toastmasters district so they can start building up their media packages as well. And then saving those links and when people say, did you ever go on a podcast? Well, now you have all the links, you have history. Well, where else can you build that up if you don't even know where to start, right? So we're showing them all that, as well as some other opportunities. It's like, how to even do, we're getting to it. We just started in the second month. But it's like, how to build that speaker reel, that sizzle reel. And we keep telling everyone, whoever gets these gigs to speak at, start videotaping yourself or someone to videotape you every
0: single time. And we're going to start building that package. I've been in Toastmasters a long time myself, twenty-four years, and also like you, I discovered the district and leadership opportunities and many of those. But at its heart, Toastmasters is an educational mm-hmm. program. In fact, officially, it is a educational nonprofit, five hundred one c three, which means we're all about teaching. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you are now, besides helping everyone be better at what they're doing, whether it's pro or semi-pro, you are giving your, the members of the Speakers Bureau the chance to teach. Mm-hmm. If they already know how to do a sizzle roll, a sizzle roll, for instance, which I think I understand, but I wouldn't know how to do that or why or what it should look like or sound like, somebody who does know can now teach. Absolutely. And you didn't join Toastmasters to teach. You joined Toastmasters to learn. Exactly. (laughs) Tell you what, it's all about giving back Mm -hmm. and helping other people get the same kind of benefits you got. And that's true of the the regular Toastmaster program, too. Members Mm -hmm. in clubs who have been there a while are more than willing to be a mentor or a teacher or a helper to the new members.
1: Absolutely. The way I look at it, it's like there's a lot of knowledge in Toastmasters. We all come from different backgrounds. We have different experiences, different resources. Why not bring the people together who want to be in a like-minded room with like-minded goals and share? Mm -hmm.
0: My club, the Voice of Many club I was telling you about, we are now meeting again at Denny's, but we're we're also doing hybrid. Mm. And that's turned out to be very challenging. And I'm telling this story because I want to emphasize the The fact that if you have solid Toastmaster foundations in your meeting, like an agenda and staying on time, that when guests do come, they're likely to join. Mm -hmm. We had a meeting last Thursday where the virtual stuff just failed us miserably. Bad connections. And that's the weak link for us, is getting a good internet connection. Mm -hmm. We had three guests... Which was really great for us. Two of them had been there last week and came back. And even though our meeting was a disaster on one dimension, the virtual space, they were still impressed and have decided they will join. And one, in fact, had handed me her application and payment right after the meeting. Nice. We had solid bones, the mm. foundations, those agendas, those welcoming. Shake of hands, the guest packets. We had people sitting next to the guests, like you said. If your club is not gaining new members, think about these fundamental things. If you don't use an agenda, I suggest very strongly that you add it to your kit. An agenda is, a, is work. Mm-hmm. It takes work to put that together, and it takes practice to stay on it yes. in your meeting. So there's a lot of great things you can do to make sure your guests stay and join. And then they become the new leaders down the road. Absolutely.
1: I always tell people, think of it, if you went to this club as a first-time person, you didn't know a single person, you don't really understand what Toastmaster is about, you don't understand how this can help you, how would you feel walking in that room? Scared? Unsure? Well, how do you eliminate all that? That's what you got to do.
0: Yeah. I've told this story in different ways over the years. When I first came to Arizona, I worked for Motorola. There was an engineer in our office who was a Toastmaster, and I knew that because he had all of his trophies and ribbons and certificates, and he would talk about it, and he would invite me, and I would politely decline. I didn't see what it was all about. I didn't really care. That went on for... Wait for it. 15 years. Wow. (laughs) I had 15 years of opportunities and invitations. One day I finally went and I joined that day. And it wasn't the best environment. It was a dark restaurant, you know, before the regular restaurant hours, it was kind of run down. But the people Mm -hmm. were great and the program was solid and the agenda was organized and efficient. I joined because of those things, not because of the environment, mm-hmm. not because of any pressure from anyone. And I've that's 24 years ago. So the next time somebody invites you to a meeting, give it a try. That's it. It there's no obligation. You're not required to join. There's you're not required to speak. You can sit in the corner and just watch if you want. Mm-hmm. Or you can engage fully in the program when you're given that opportunity. It depends on what you are trying to accomplish.
1: That's it. And when you talk to new members all the time, it's amazing how many goals, everyone, different goals and what they're trying to accomplish out of it. But it's all, at the end of the day, very similar. And they're going to achieve all their goals that they're looking for, whether it be in like the boss calling on them in the middle of a meeting and they're not prepared. Guess what? Toastmasters helps you out with those kind
0: yeah. of things. You are a professional. You have a mm-hmm. business. Tell us more about what you do outside of Toastmasters and outside of the Speakers Bureau. Yeah, well, I'm a
1: certified business coach, so business marketing strategist, and I work with small business owners, helping them achieve the revenue and profit goals that they've been looking for in their business. And lately and during the pandemic, it was a lot of people trying to exit their business, but they didn't build a business to exit. So unfortunately, they had to close their doors. and It's very sad because I'm very passionate about helping small business owners achieve. I want them to survive and thrive. They're already against the odds, and I'm just trying to help them you know, beat the odds and give them the tools, the resources, the guidance that they need, the knowledge. And I kind of look at it like same as Toastmasters. You only know what you know. I only knew what I knew walking into Toastmasters. Now I know a lot more, and guess what? I know I don't know everything. <laughs> I have a lot to learn. So it's a continual learning process as well.
0: Yeah, A number of years ago, in uh, 2012, as a matter of fact, I was asked to put my name into nomination for International Director of Toastmasters. And that was the, the governing board for Toastmasters International Worldwide. Mm. I didn't know much about that position. But I parlayed my lack of knowledge into, almost into a, into a joke when people said, well, why, do you, why are you running for international director? And I said, I joined Toastmasters to learn. I pay dues, and I haven't gotten my money's worth yet. I haven't learned at all. <laughs> yeah, nice. And when you take on any new role, whether it's in Toastmasters or in a business setting or in some other organization, you take on a new role. Yes, it's uncomfortable at first. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're the new guy. But after you've accomplished it, you are stronger than ever. Yes. And you can do even more things. So
1: I couldn't agree more even, you know, being asked to be the public relations manager, I'm thinking. Okay, what does the public relations manager do for the district? <laughs> and yeah. they actually sent me a one-page sheet. Here's what you do. And I'm like well, i can do that and they're <laughs> like can
0: you <laughs> let's see <laughs> yeah yeah you did that last year yeah and you had a great you had a great organization and a team built up and we yeah. did some wonderful things oh, it was amazing i i mean i keep telling people it's like listen i
1: can't do it you can't run the whole village by yourself yeah so you need people with you and brought in some great people including yourself don because you handled youtube podcasting mm-hmm. and we had a goal we had a mission a focus and everything we did was to accomplish those goals. And I would say we definitely hit them from what other people say, saying
0: exceeded. Well, way I look at it, it's like there was still a lot to do. In your job, in your business, mm-hmm. you meet people all the time. And you mm-hmm. talk to people and you make plans. So you have a lot of communication and leadership responsibilities. Yes. Has Toastmasters helped you in that?
1: Yes. One of the things that I have heard a lot, and it took me a long time to really realize this, is speaking in groups of people nonstop or in front of an association, and they keep saying the same thing. They're like, wow, you seem really calm, cool, collective. Your words are spot on, the way your presentation skills, and it seems like you have a commanding presence on the stage. And I was thinking... I did not have that before I was with Toastmasters. I heard other things like, you didn't move. You said um and ah a lot. You were stumbling a lot. You were forgetting things and having to backtrack. It's a totally different world. And I've had people reach out to me to speak at their events because they heard me just even in a group environment, the way I answer an impromptu question.
0: Would it be fair to say that you had a lot of technical knowledge about business and finance Mm -hmm. and organizational theory and all that? but you lacked a certain, well, let's call it charisma. Yes. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't as smooth as you could have been, and you learned how to do that better.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was running a business where we had over 750 employees, and every six months we'd do these giant town hall meetings, and I had to do two of them a day so it could fit in everyone's schedule. And I, was, I know I was a nervous wreck. I don't, if I didn't have the papers sitting on the desk, if I touched those papers, that would have sounded like rattling. <laughs> and my hands were death gripping the lectern to de- I mean, mm-hmm. it was to a point where I had to have people pry my hands off of it. I was so nervous and so wound up. And then people said, wow, you did pretty good. And I'm like, pretty good? <laughs> yeah. And then They're I realized- They generous, right? <laughs> they were being very generous. And then I realized- I need some work, I need to work on this, because I don't like the feeling I got when I finally got pride off the lectern. I was drained mentally, emotionally, physically, and it's like, I need to work on this, and it's a skill I, I need to, who has this skill that can teach me? And I found that's when I found Toastmasters.
0: And lest you think that I'm suggesting that it was all, there was some sort of vanity involved that you needed to learn, it's not that. No. When you are an effic- effective, efficient communicator, which is what Toastmasters can mm-hmm. help you with, your message gets through. And oh. that's what you want. You want your that's audience it. or your customer or your potential client to hear the message clearly without being distracted by your weakness in communication, your mm-hmm. lack of, of ability, or your evident gripping of the lectern and sh- shaking. Right. You know, if an audience sees that they, people are smart. Yeah, they'll catch it. They can tell if you're, if you're afraid. They can tell if you're insincere. They can tell if you're not prepared.
1: Absolutely, and that's where I knew. It's like great. I have the knowledge. It's the delivery that's the problem here.
0: And now you're better than you were, and it's Mm -hmm. you're more successful, and you have the ability to expand your own business. Oh, absolutely. I got to say. My
1: speaking career went from zero <laughs> off, to the tr- off to the moon. <laughs> it was just, but I knew I couldn't get that off the ground until I had the confidence and the, the, the more of the self-confidence as well in the knowledge, or the skills, the presentation skills to really make it happen because I was stumbling and fumbling with it. But once I started honing those in, I saw a massive shift immediately. All of a sudden I saw the audience engaged. I saw them responsive, I was delivering great content, and then it was showing afterwards. So it was like, wait a minute, I think we're making the shift, and then I'm thinking, I still have more to go, (laughs) and I'm always learning a new speaking style. That's the great thing about Toastmasters. You could try out different presentation styles, and that really expands your knowledge, which helps, I gotta say, it helps me, if I know who the audience is, now I can fit my presentation style to them. Whereas before, it was like, here's my one delivery style and take it or leave it.
0: Well, also, if you want to try something new, Mm -hmm. if you do that in real world in front of a real audience and it doesn't (laughs) go well, that's bad for you, your business, for future calls and so forth. Your psyche. But if you say, I want to try adding a lot of humor to my presentation Mm. or I want to do something else that's out of my comfort zone. Do it in Toastmasters. Absolutely. That's your laboratory. That's your testing place. And your fellow Toastmasters will get it. They understand what you're trying to do, Mm -hmm. and they will help you. And if it bombs, they're not going to kick you out of the club. They're going to hold you up and say, here, let's talk about what you did well, and let's Mm -hmm. talk about what could be improved. That's our basic evaluation philosophy.
1: Absolutely. I just tried a new presentation style for me. And it was a highly aggressive style and I said I'm gonna come off like really rough sandpaper on everyone I go but that's what I'm going for and if you're not agitated by the time I'm done speaking I did not deliver and at the end he goes I think you got everyone's blood pressure up without insulting a single person without being rude or anything like that it was just how the delivery style I could have said it a different way, and everyone would have loved the speech, too.
0: Now, let me guess. You aren't intending to go out and be that kind of speaker oh God, in no. the world. This was to have a toolkit.
1: Yes. Learning a new style. Because there might be a time where I need to pull that out of my bag of tricks, if you will. And it's something I've never tried before.
0: Maybe it's just one sentence you need to use that mm-hmm. style on to make a point or tell a story. That's it. Yeah.
1: Toastmasters is where you learn. That was it. It was a great testing ground. And I've even tried some other styles where I said I'm going to go totally opposite of what, how I speak. I speak very fast. I said I'm going to slow this down to a snail's pace but in really short bursts. And I'm thinking, when would I ever use that during certain teaching styles to really emphasize a point? But I got to test it in Toastmasters, and I got the feedback on it. And it's like, wow, I need work
0: on this style. Yeah. Steve, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I have a couple of last questions. For Toastmaster members here in District 3 who are interested in this new style of Speakers Bureau, how do they reach you?
1: Great. The easiest place is on the District 3 website, which is aztoastmasters.org, negative forward slash speakers hyphen bureau. Or if, if you go to the main page, it'll direct you through everything. Right. If
0: you don't remember that, we'll put that in the show notes so that people can Great. find it easily. Now, on, a, on the professional front... If someone wants to reach out to you professionally, do you have a website? Well, yes,
1: <laughs> I do. A, my website is bizcoachsteve, That's bizcoachsteve.com, and then you can also find me on the speakers. I have a site or a page on my website for speaking, and everything is there. on my media kits, sizzle reel, everything.
0: Okay, bizcoachsteve,
1: all one word, Yep. bizcoachsteve.com. Great. And you know, I got plenty of resources. I always share tons of tips and tricks for small business owners. I'm always trying to help them out. And it's like, if I can give them some free advice, here you go. Please take it. It's not going to be bad advice.
0: It's, yeah. it's there to help you. Steve, I appreciate what you're doing with the Speaker's Beer. I appreciate all the things you've done for Toastmasters and the district. And I know mm-hmm. you'll be around helping us for a long time. Thank you yeah. for being on the podcast.
1: Great. Well, thanks for having me.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of Grand Canyon Echoes, the voice of District 3 Toastmasters. To volunteer to be featured on the podcast or to suggest future topics, write podcast at aztoastmasters.org. That email again is podcast at aztoastmasters.org. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise connected with Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International.